walk into the sex shop and you would immediately smell cooking ham and I just don't think that's sexy but right right it's just it's not sexy it's not something you want to associate with sex I work at the at the sex shop I will tell you that the biggest thing that I had to get used to was saying the word cockering like 2,000 times a day like it was just continuous and it got to the point where it was so funny because I would be like well you know which which size do you want? And guys would constantly lie. They'd be like, give me the big one. Give me the large. What's the largest size you have? And I was just thinking to myself, there are a lot of guys with cock rings in San Francisco right now with tape around it to make it fit. You know what I mean? I'm Erie Diamond. Thank you very much. Let me tell you something about Comedy Happy Hour. You're going to need your reference books. You're going to need your newspapers. Bring some encyclopedias. We're, we're hitting all the marks. Study up. You'll get the jokes. It's going to come to you. Um, I'm hoping I don't fuck up his name because he's super tough. At least that's his persona. Make some noise for Jeremy Atkins. <laughs> Uh, I've just learned that I uh, I have a new career that I could go into because I can say cock ring. I say it at least 2,000 times a day. Wouldn't that be really fucked up if that was true, though? Because that would mean I'd have to walk around in public going, cock ring, cock ring. Like, would you want to be in an elevator with me? Ding. Door closes. And all of a sudden, I'm going, cock ring, cock ring, cock ring, cock ring. Okay, how many is that? That's two. Oh, shit. I got another 500. Cock ring, cock ring. Yeah. I uh, I get it though. Sometimes I uh, weird people out. I don't, you know. I'll have my oh, I'm thinking face, and it looks like oh, I'm gonna kill you face. And I drive Uber. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure sometimes when those people walk out, they're like, oh, can I can I cancel? Like, what's the etiquette on canceling and walking back into my house right fucking now? I bought a hybrid. I bought a hybrid to be. You know, a little more environmentally conscious. Um, and the other day, I got really high, and I ran out of gas on the Golden Gate Bridge with an Uber fare. And that's funny until you get my Uber later, and you realize, oh shit, this is the guy who runs out of gas and says cock ring. That would be an interesting ride. I no, but. I used to be a bike messenger. I used to be a bike messenger, and my nickname was World's Angriest Bike Messenger. I lived up to the nickname. Um, and now I drive a Prius. I drive a Prius to Whole Foods to buy my dog's raw dog food. Basically, what I'm trying to say is that the 20-year-old version of me would beat the shit out of me and then explain how disappointed he was in me. That's kind of asshole I was. Um, I... Uh, I'm pretty sure that the folks that are really into fisting or, uh, were the kids that were really into puppets. What I'm trying to say is, to a romantic man such as myself, dating can be a little confusing. I, uh, this woman broke up with me, and uh, I thought it was good news. I thought it was good because we're at that part in the relationship where I figured she was either going to break up with me or she was going to stab me. Like, I think it's as obvious that I've been stabbed as it is that you don't actually need to be stabbed to know it sucks. But when you have been stabbed, you see the warning signs real early. And she texted me, I need to settle things with you tonight. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And you may ask yourself why I would go somewhere where somebody is most likely going to stab me. And I'll tell you this. We can all probably agree that makeup sex, 
that's a uh, that's, that's a little more fun than regular sex. You get into it a little bit more. Uh, well, you have to take my word for it that I I'm sorry I stabbed you. Sex is fucking amazing. Like it's so good if an imaginary creature showed up tomorrow. Like if Santa Claus came to my door and was like, "Young man, I will make sure you receive the best." I'm sorry I stabbed you. Sex ever for Christmas. But, but I'm going to have to stab you with these rusty shears. And I'm going to have to collect up front. I'm a reasonable man. I would say no. But it would come out no because I'd be wondering, where is the local hospital? Uh, and right now I'm going to get off the stage because I think I'm uh, right at that time where it's time to say goodbye. Actually, I'll give, leave you with one quick one, which is, what did the magician say to the bad date? What? Now watch me cut the bill in half and disappear. Yeah, they call it fisting, but it's not like a black power fist. It's a different different angle. Um, yeah, I've been distracted. I spent half my time thinking about left breasts. I, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out why there, no one's talking about inflation and the price of crack. I. I, like the, I don't get incest. People are into incest porn. I, the thing I don't get about incest is I just have a brother. Make some noise for Gene Yee! God, you guys, I just came from Knockout and got my ass kicked there. Um, it was a very similar kind of intro because they don't do they don't do an opening set there, and I was up first, so it was just like, okay, you guys, um, welcome to the Knockout. Oh, here's Gene Yee, and I was like, ow, ah. Nelly likes the Thanks, Nelly. <laughs> Nelly supports me. Uh, so my family had a pet parrot when I was a kid. It sounded just like that. What what phone sound is that? Is that a messaging? Yeah, I got a message. Okay. I didn't set that. It's just how it came. Okay. So it's not your fault. Well, I mean, I can turn the volume up. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Ah. Nobody, gi nobody gives a shit about my stand-up today anyway, so it's okay. Pam, I promise to try to do a little better for the show tonight. You can tell that. You don't have to try at all. Okay. <laughs> no. Improv stand-up is so much harder. I'll give you all the prompts. It's really easy. Okay, can I get the edible first? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that'll be good. And then you guys, like at, at a, I want to say takeout, but at knockout, I walked in the door and this like little white dude was like, are you, Je he looked kind of like you. He was like, are you Jessa? And I was like, no. And he like snorted and walked away. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And then he walks up to another Asian at the bar. She was Jessa. <laughs> and so like for the first two minutes, and then they came and sat front row and I was like, you're going to regret messing with a comedian. <laughs> so I was like, is that your Tinder date? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, does she look like me? And she kind of did. So <laughs> that was not okay. All right. So my goal is to get a new bit out of my mouth tonight. That's what she said. Old humor. Um, so this is the new bit, you guys. <laughs> uh, so the new bit is, um, I get tired of the gym. Just kidding, I don't go to the fucking gym. <laughs> uh, but I thought I should exercise in 2018, so I took a pole dance class. 
You guys are like, you? Why? <laughs> it was not sexy. Uh, the teacher was a cross between a cheerleader and a chihuahua. Like, hi, I'm Christy with an I. <laughs> and then she did the worst thing. She made us refer to our bodies in the third person. Like, Jean, how does your body feel? Does she feel good? And I was like, I feel okay. I can't hear you. She feels okay? That's her jam. Let's give her what she needs. Uh, she needs a donut. Just like this guy. Uh, so for pole dancing, they should really have you sign a waiver. Like you have to be strong to be sexy, uh, and like, <laughs> like sign right here, and you're probably not going to be sexy. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Uh, it takes a lot of strength to like get up on that pole. There's a lot of grunting, and it's not the sexy kind, like you would do. Uh, but I got up on that pole, and then I was like, um, I'm afraid of heights. A little help, you guys. So they got me off the pole, and I was like, make it rain. <laughs> At least I'm kind of funny, but somewhat engaging. Goodbye. <laughs> This has been Muni Happy Hour. Uh, did anyone else eat the sandwiches? Yes. You feeling sick? You feeling good? How are you guys feeling? Everything's cool. Uh, listeners, if any of you ate sandwiches, write in. Let us know how you feel about the sandwiches. Apparently, I just have to shit. That has been Happy Hour. You can clap or not. It's over. You guys are all welcome to stick around for the Pamtastics Comedy Clubhouse tonight. It is a hell hat. Yes, a hell hat. It's going to be a lot of fun. We invite you to stick around. But until then, uh, I don't know, stick around Mutiny Radio. Yeah, bye, everybody. Thanks again, Warhol Kaufman, for being our guest host tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week with guest host... I got, it. I got it in my computer box here. Guest host Jade. Oh my God, that's going to be so interesting. Jade's, we're going to have Jade's going to host. We're going to take that whole section. I'll pick up the rug. It'll be all wheelchair accessible next week on the Happy Hour. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Everybody, listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We 
interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics, it's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for near five. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I used to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel this new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we 
we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special, a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton Contessa. 
and check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. Want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, six to eight on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive. By host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. So I got curious one day and I was like, oh, let me look it up. Wonder what St. Kevin's all about. And it turns out St. Kevin is most famous. For one time, this lady wanted to have sex with him, right? So he drowned her. End of list. That's his thing. And they got a statue of Mary in the courtyard. She was in on it. She saw the whole thing. Uh, okay, so... <laughs> Let's recap. Oh my God, St. Kevin. I'm not a saint. Shut up. St. Kevin, I want to sleep with you. Allow me to seduce you through my vestments. St. Kevin, drown. Lady drowns. Then the church goes, build him one. Uh, so that's St. Kevin. That's fun. Fun facts. What else we got? In San Francisco, apparently there was a drought. But everyone banded together. People started taking quicker showers, if you can believe it, drinking less, less water from the tap, buying bottled water, whatever they did. It was so successful that the level of water in that reservoir overflowed into the sewage. So there's trace amount, amounts of human fecal matter in the SF water supply. But you guys eat ass, right? It's fine, it's okay. My father told me he liked my song about how he abandoned me, which is nice. Um, a lot of comics have abandonment issues because the audiences always leave, you know. But I wasn't hugged enough as a kid, and now we're here, so let's do this. I like to start with something inspirational. Not one of you miserable creatures in this godforsaken world could stop Bob Ross from painting motherfucking landscapes. That nigga was a landscape painting fool. And when I wrote that joke, I cried. That's true. I'm a black actor. Black actors never get to play Nazis. That's racism. Um... You know, they said free college was crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I personally, I just want to say, Obama ruined the dreams of black children. 
because I wanted to be the first black president. Uh, are we rolling? Are we recording? Are we doing this? Make some silence or whatever the other alternative is that sometimes happens for Hunter Stare. Howdy, y'all. Testing, testing. Howdy, y'all. Thank you guys for coming out this early evening to see Mutiny Radio and just be patrons of the fucking arts. It's nice to meet y'all. My name is Hunter. Um, that's the name my parents went with. Uh, I think that's a really strange thing to do to a baby. Just like, you know, baby in a crib. Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Hey, Roxanne! Let's give him a name that ensures he understands, well, not just death, but also predator-prey relationships at a very early age. I think that would be really good for his childhood development. Your move, baby! It's just a, you know, strong way to start a relationship. Whoa. So up until, up until about the age of uh, 11, uh, I grew up in Louisiana, and up until about the age of 11, I didn't realize that there was a T in my name. Some of y'all get that. Some of y'all get that. Some of y'all seem kind of confused. It's like, hey, Hunter! Right. Hunter, come on, boys, get in the truck and go to the Terrebonne's Crawfish Boy. Let's go. Does that even sound like language to y'all, or is that just cognitive dissonance? <laughs> I listen to a lot of NPR. Anybody else NPR fans? Yeah, yeah. Never. I mean, I've listened to it my entire life. Never donated. Never. Do, and I. And I. Here's why. It's because during their pledge drives, they always sound so desperate, and I just don't respond to thirstiness. They're just like, oh, the phones haven't been ringing. I'm like, ugh, gross. I just. I'm just gonna listen to YouTube commercials. That's disgusting. Then, you know, play a little coy with me, you know? Like, kind of, like, play a little hard to get me. Like, listen, we here at KQED are fucking killing it. And honestly, we don't give a shit about your sustaining membership. In fact, I'm just going to wrap up this pledge drive early and take this last earthquake kit home for myself. <laughs> Have fun drinking your own urine for two days while you're trying to survive. Lakshmi Singh, out. <laughs> and then she drops the mic. But it doesn't drop because it's the wrong kind of mic. So, um, one of my favorite things is like language, you know, expressions and stuff like that. I'm from the South. Does anybody know what a shibboleth is? A shibboleth is a part of speech that identifies you from a very specific area and nobody else would know. So I'll give you an example. I'm from like the greater New Orleans area and we have an expression for when the sun is shining, but it's also raining, like it's been doing a lot this week, you know? Does anybody have an expression for that? In Louisiana, or in the Greater New Orleans area, we say, the devil is beating his wife. I'm not making this up. This is not a joke. My grandmother used to say this to me when I was like a little kid. This is my first introduction to the concept of wife beating and the devil. So I was thinking about this, trying to like reason through, like, why the fuck do we say this? And the best thing I can come up with is rain is bad the sunshine that's good so domestic violence is bad but at least it's the devil's wife <laughs> you don't want to laugh because it's domestic violence but in your head you're kind of like yeah it is the devil's wife i mean she knew what she was signing up for when she married <laughs> like is she a devil too like you're thinking about it now and you're trapped in the hole moving on 
so another southern expression I really like uh, that my friend Donald Donald Con Daniel Jr. down in uh, Mississippi taught me is eat up by the dumbass. Yeah, it's a way to tell somebody that they're stupid. So follow me with this. So if you get bitten by lots of mosquitoes, you're eat up by mosquitoes. So imagine that there is a bug that could make you dumb, like a dumbass bug. You've been eat up by the dumbass bug. That's a real expression that people use. So I like to make up my own. You know, and just kind of fuck with people with those. Like, I'll be in the South and somebody will be like, well, you know, boy, it's going to be hard to get through all that traffic. I'll be like, well, if you can't dodge it, ram it. And they're like, yeah, okay, I guess. How am I doing a time? Okay. So whenever I was growing up in Louisiana, lots of other little kids would call me pretentious, you know? They'd call me pretentious. And I always kind of took issue with that. I didn't understand what they meant by that, because pretentious means to have pretenses to affect greater cultural importance than you have, whereas I think they're using more like the colloquial definition, which is like ornate and... Okay, I see their point. <laughs> I see their point. I'm try out some new jokes. So the first blowjob I ever had was on the back of a golf cart. Yeah, true story. It wasn't moving. Uh, the second blowjob I had was on the back of a jet ski in Lake Pontchartrain, Louisiana. As I was about 15 years old. Both were the girl's idea, same girl. And it's just amazing that kind of ingenuity to like figure out how to be sneaky and get away with shit. You know, like best babysitter ever. <laughs> You guys seem like a pretty woke crowd. Has anybody ever heard about this genocide that's happening in Myanmar? Yeah, yeah there's a genocide happening at NPR. There's a genocide happening right now in Myanmar. It's a whole bunch of Buddhists murdering a whole bunch of Muslims. This is causing me, yeah, right? This is causing me to rethink a lot of what I know about the world, a lot of my assumptions. Like, any ideology can be used to perpetrate violence, sure. But fucking Buddhists? I mean, what part of the Four Noble Truths did I not understand? It's like, all of life is suffering. Here, let me show you. All right. All right, Siddhartha Vader. All right, that's good. Thank you, I'm Hunter. It really is a shame, too, um, that the Burmese genocide is trending like it is, because Burmese food is delicious. Like, that's a lot of really fantastic chefs that are getting killed. Not cool. Yeah. Max Eddie! There we go. Thanks for that. Um, we should get a crosswalk in here. This is... There we go. You guys have a good day. Um, oh God. Okay. Uh, how's it? How's it going, party people? You guys are good. Soon to be former friends. This is this is good. Now, if you if you lose all your friends, that means you're doing it right. So we're good. Um, uh, so you guys, I just started taking Adderall. Um, does anyone here have a dealer? Does anyone here need a dealer? Oh man, um, my dealer's kind of weird. Uh, he makes me drive all the way to his work to get the pills. To be fair, he is a doctor, a psychiatrist. Uh, he, he diagnosed me with ADD, and in case you don't know, ADD uh, stands for attention deficit. Do you guys think I look gay? <laughs> I get that all the time. People say I look gay. Uh, for the record, I'm bisexual, I'm not gay yet. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, 
But uh, you got to figure out shit. So I came out last year. Uh, and why aren't you guys clapping yet? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I am a hero. <laughs> but um, I came out last year. And there's a lot of shit you got to figure out when you come out as a dude who fucks dudes. First of all, you got to figure out uh, if you're a top or a bottom. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with uh, Okay, in case you don't know, um, how do I explain this? Um, when a man loves a man very much, they have to figure out together which one is more welcoming. Does that make sense? That's the bottom. Um, so I had to figure out, am I a top or a bottom? So I decided to ask my gay friends if I look more like a top or a bottom. And I am a top anyways. <laughs> Turns out I get to decide that no matter how much I look like a bottom. That's fine. <laughs> but, uh, no, actually, you have to figure out who to come out to first also. Um, I decided to go with my grandpa because he has Alzheimer's. <laughs> you know, I just keep doing it till I get really good. <laughs> But, um, no, first time I told my grandpa, though, uh, he misheard me. Uh, I said, Grandpa, I'm bisexual. And he heard, Grandpa, I'm bicycle. That's cute, right? <laughs> he was just like, what are you going to do? Let people ride you around all day long? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm a top, Grandpa. <laughs> Jesus. And he, he was like, what do you mean? A top bicycle? I was like... Oh, okay. No, I didn't say bicycle. I said bisexual. He's like, oh, are you sure you're a top? <laughs> God damn it. Whatever. I just, honestly, anytime my grandpa gives me lip, turn on Netflix, turn on the people versus OJ, and tell him it's the trial. <laughs> Party like it's 1994. <laughs> I don't know if that's the year that happened. I wasn't even alive. You're old. Uh, <laughs> that was mean. Why did, why did I say that? <laughs> uh, no, but then uh, I told my sister I was bi, and uh, she says she doesn't believe in someone being bi. But she also believes in ghosts. Like, what the fuck? She actually thinks she saw a ghost once. Um, uh, she said, uh, oh yeah, yeah, it was in our house growing up, and just one night, I saw a ghost come through our front door and limp up the stairs. I was like, why the fuck would a ghost have a limp? Like, isn't that the whole point of being a ghost, is that you get to float around, they're not bound to the earth. Also, pretty fucked up of you to just call out that ghost limp. Very ableist. <laughs> this is San Francisco. Thought you were woke, sis. <laughs> But, um, no, she's like, no, I, so he limped up the stairs, he goes into the attic, and all I hear for three minutes is this pounding, just, and then I hear a scream, just, ah! You guys, that wasn't a ghost. <laughs> that was Jeff. And the scream, this guy. I gave him the limp. Because I am a top. <laughs> There we go. I'm actually, I'm not really trying to make it as a stand-up comic. I'm just trying to convince everyone that I'm a top. That's my, <laughs> that is my end game in comedy, and it looks like it's working. Okay, I'm done, Warhol. Thank you so much. 
Um, well, I'm glad you're a top, and I hope you meet a nice Jewish boy, and he can be your dreidel. Make some noise for Nathan Mosher! <laughs> Jewish? Wait, what? He said Jewish boy? Oh, shit. I didn't know you were Jewish. I've known Max a little while, but we're say we're pretty good friends. So if I found out he was Jewish, you know, I'd be pretty offended. Uh, hey, I didn't want to be your... I didn't know about that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were cool, you know? And you tell me, Jewish? Get the fuck out. Okay, um... <laughs> I'm anti-Semitic. Um, <laughs> what do I want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I am. I uh, just. Uh, I'm trying. 22 years old, which is pretty good. Pretty good age to be. Good age to be. Uh, I'm at that age where if I die right now, people will say I had a lot of potential, uh, which is really nice. You know. <laughs> They'll say really nice things like, oh, he could have been somebody, you know? He could have been the next Filipino Chappelle, or he could could have been a Filipino, uh, he could have been a Filipino guy. He could have been something. <laughs> I don't know. He had, makes me less afraid of death, because if some dude puts a gun in my head, give me all your money or die, I'm like, hey, well, just know that if you pull that trigger, I'm going to die a legend among my friends and family, so <laughs> you should probably wait a little, because I could be a nobody, so... <laughs> Could, I could be in the 27 Club and I'll be dead and have lots of money, so hit me up then, all right? <laughs> 27 Club, I think that's a good club to be in. Uh, I think it's a smart move, you know? All those guys, that's, that's really smart, dying at your peak potential. I think that's a genius. That's a great business move. All of them, man. It's just Everyone always asks, like, what would happen if they kept going? Nothing. They would have kept going downhill. It's good that they died, right? You got Amy Winehouse. Amazing. Don't ruin that, you know? Kurt Cobain. Jesus, he was 33, but he, he had more potential, so he had to live a little bit longer. <laughs> it's good he died, though. I think Kurt Cobain, when he shot himself, was probably like, ah, man, I... I could kill myself right now and die a legend, or I could keep going and go out like Coldplay. So I don't want to let that happen. I like Basquiat. That's my favorite member of the 27 Club. He's an artist, a famous artist in the 80s. I like him because his paintings still sell for upwards of $105 million and counting. And he's dead. And I think that's pretty baller that he's making more money than all of us in this room. And he's dead. Like, he's not even alive. That's crazy that there's just some ghost out there just balling out of control. <laughs> and we can't see it happening. Just hanging out some strip club, making it rain. Like, make that ass bounce for a real ghost. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> just him making it rain. And the stripper's like, what the fuck is that? I can't feel it, but I know it's there. Is that a fly? Nah, it's him making it rain on your ass. So, keep dancing. <laughs> He just pulls up in like an empty Maserati. <laughs> just haunting people's houses, like going through their closets because he's trying to cop their new Yeezys. He's <laughs> like, I got lots of money. Huh? Let me cop the Red Octobers. I don't think I'm successful enough to, uh, I don't think I'm good enough to, to make it into the 27 Club. I'm, I'm vying for that eligibility, though. That's what I want. I just want to be good enough that if I kill myself at 27, I'm not saying I'm going to kill myself. Because you can't just 
you can't just like kill yourself and get into 27 club you gotta you gotta do something to get, can't just walk up to the club you know the bouncers there you just got a heroin needle hey man i'm ready to do this can i get in he's like nah wait in line and you gotta wait in line next to all these youtube and vine stars it's like oh, yeah we tried to get in but he said views weren't enough we had to impact a generation how many retweets is that what does that mean <laughs> I think the next candidate for the 27 Club is Jaden Smith. He's like 19 right now, and he already talks like he's been dead for two years. That's how, <laughs> the fuck is wrong with this guy? He's like 12, and he's saying like, if your eyes aren't real, then what, how do you see, just see your cereal. Like, what are you just fucking, why are you talking about this stuff? He's going to be the first person to not overdose again in the 27 Club. He's just going to evaporate into thin air, like uh, fucking Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> After he gets killed, Just you're just going to hear his voice around, and you're like, huh? he's going to be like, the only way to truly see people is when people see right through you. Boo! I'm like, hey, what are you talking about? <laughs> Who are you? He's like, Jaden Smith. <laughs> what the fuck? God. Yeah, I've been here the whole time. Anyways, just go eat your cereal. Jaden knows. Why have a complete breakfast when you can feel whole? That's the commercial <laughs> uh, for Jaden knows. <laughs> uh, feeling an urgent sense of purpose, not part of the... <laughs> Not included. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm I'm too ambitious. I grew up in a very competitive. You know, I, I played a lot of sports growing up. I wanted to be a sports star. I did competitive memorizing Bible verses. That was a weird thing. I did this program called Awana. All workmen are not ashamed, and we would memorize Bible verses. And I would enter competitions. It would be like an academic decathlon for spouting out, you know, Christian shit. Like, just it would be like two, three buzzers, and it'd be like John 11:35. Jesus wept. Two words. Yeah, memorize that shit. Easy. Shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept because he's a little bitch. Unlike me, because I'm fucking you guys up. All right. <laughs> it's like super competitive to be morally upright. We would we would uh, also play sports. We had the Iwana games, and we'd have a team, and we would, we were like the red team, I think, and we would fight against other. Uh, I guess we compete against other Christians. Um, we yeah, it was our team was really good because I, I was a sports star. We had a dude who was a basketball star and a football. Actually, one dude he's in the NFL now, and uh, he. Yeah, he beats his wife. Uh, he's not a Christian anymore. But, uh, oh, man, that joke never works. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, it was really competitive. And, um, and I, I was really a super hardcore Christian when I was growing up. Like, I tried to read the entire Bible when I was in third grade. And I found out later that everyone thought I was the smartest kid in school because they had seen me holding the biggest book they had ever seen in their life. They were like, oh my God, you read all of that? And I was like, yeah, totally. I didn't get to Leviticus and put it down because it's boring, <laughs> which is what I did because Leviticus is the worst book of the Bible. Have you guys read Leviticus? It's so fucking boring. It's all the laws, like all the old Jewish law. Don't eat this. Don't eat that. Don't eat assholes. Don't be gay. That's a big part of it. Um... <laughs> That's most of it. Uh, 
It was just a lot of rules. And I always see it's like, why? It was chapter 3, too. It's Genesis, Exodus, Len, Leviticus. Chapter 3, way to hook us in, you know? Like, you do chapter 3. It's so exciting before that. Genesis, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, made Adam and Eve. And then he made, they had sex, they had a kid. They, you know, try to kill each other. They talk to a snake. And then Exodus happens, and Moses tries to take the Jews out. He parts the Red Sea, and it's all exciting. You get to Leviticus. It's like, all right, just don't eat shellfish. Like, fucking... Put that in the appendix, you know? Why you got to put that as a full chapter? Just put in A72 next to fucking Micah and Habakkuk, whoever the fuck that is. He doesn't need a whole chapter. Just footnote it. Have the entire Bible be footnotes. Genesis, Exodus, footnote, 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 Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, footnote, 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 Revelations. 200-page Bible, 800 pages of footnotes. David Foster Wallace, that shit. Like, don't have a full... Just doesn't. All right. Um, you guys were great. See you. Bye. <laughs> Dude, if you memorize the Bible, you must say crazy shit when you come. Marty Cunny! <laughs> oh, man. Let's keep the Catholic education going, guys. I was actually raised Catholic. Uh, I kind of strayed from the church a bit, though, because uh, I couldn't stand by their stance on homosexuality. Uh, you know, that stance being, uh, it's cool if they're 12. Uh, that's when homosexuality is okay, guys. Uh, Kevin Spacey shouldn't have said he was gay when he got out of the pedo. He should have said he was a priest. <laughs> Would have been fine. Oh, man. It's unfortunate, though, because I was raised Catholic. I was raised to be very Christ-like. Uh, and I am, uh, just definitely not in the way they intended. Uh, my blood is mostly, mostly alcohol. Uh, I'm usually hanging out with like a bunch of dudes and at least one whore. Uh, one of my favorite activities is flipping tables at flea markets. <laughs> And I like to occasionally stay up for three days, uh, and I'll disappear into a deep, dark hole for three days, and then I'll rise again. You know what? Jesus did that shit once. I do that shit every week. Jesus was a fucking poser. Oh, no. But it's tough, though, because... I know I'm going to have some shitty kids because uh, I got bad shit karma, bad kid karma coming my way because I was a shitty kid. I didn't know it wasn't okay to punch people in the balls until I was like four. Uh, so, like, I need that fear of God. Like, how am I going to raise kids out of the fear of God, that constant babysitter always watching the little fuckers, right? That's what I need. And so I've been, I've been trying to figure out, like, how do I get that without religion? So I've been looking at other inspirations, right? I've been looking to things like the animal kingdom and things like, you know, opossums and hamsters and stuff. Uh, they'll eat a lot of their young. They'll eat, like, half the litter, right? The mom will eat, like, half the litter. I'm not talking about eating my kids, uh, <laughs> to be clear. I'm talking about making my kids think I ate some of my kids. Uh, <laughs> I just need that fear, guys. I need that fear. I need that. So I'm thinking, like, how am I going to do it, though? I got to do it big. I got to get, like, a bunch of, like, Photoshop pictures of, like, me and, like, another kid and then, like, my kid, like, next to him. And, like, look how we're all hanging out and just leave him around the house. And then, like, when that kid's, when my kids start, first start forming memories, like, I'm going to have one of those really realistic-looking cakes. And I'm just going to be chomping down on it. And they're going to be like watching me eat it. And they're just going to be like, what the fuck? And I'm like, yeah. Little Jimmy here always cried when I told him to go to bed. You know? <laughs> Looks like he's not crying anymore. 
Eat your fucking vegetables, all right? <laughs> uh, guys, I'm a, I'm a person who prides himself on uh, unknown things. I, I feel like I, I've, I've got a lot of knowledge in my brain, but I still don't know how IUDs work. Uh, I imagine it's just a little coat hanger you put inside of the uterine wall so it doesn't go getting any ideas. <laughs> it's like when an abusive parent points at their belt, they're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You remember what happened last time? <laughs> Something else I don't know. Um, are Silversteins worth less, worth less than Goldsteins? <laughs> I'm unsure as to Jewish name nomenclature. I'm not sure how that works. Is there a, an unseen yet platinum stein out there? <laughs> are they the ones controlling the Illuminati? I don't know how the... How, <laughs> I don't know how this works. I just asking questions, okay? Don't Putin me. Um, that's topical, right? Uh, has anyone ever here ever fallen for just the tip? Uh, show of hands. <laughs> we got one taker, yeah. Who the fuck would believe just the tip? How how do you eat? Do you just like kind of half bite into something? You're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to that later. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think that's how... That's, that's your own fault. Uh, guys, I was in a relationship for six years. I'm single now, believe it or not. Uh, and it's tough because I feel like that should like really raise my stock. Like I'm already like boyfriend housebroken, you know? <laughs> Like I know to open the doors, I know to put the toilet, toilet, uh, toilet seat lids down, and I've stopped asking why. Uh, all of my socks are genderless. Uh, I just got a drawer full of bobby pins and hair clips. I got, I got my own drain snake. Uh, got that one taken care of. Uh, uh, I, I can sleep on like the razor's edge of a bed. Uh, my ex was a, she was a kicker in her sleep. A kicker. You ever had one of those? Real fun. Uh, I always cook for like 1.37 versions of myself, even though you said you weren't hungry. Uh, uh, I've learned how to time out exactly how long it will take you to get ready and f how many drinks I can have in that time. So as I will tell you to be there at the wrong time, so we I can like pregame. I can I I can just I've learned how to time that pregame out pretty perfectly. Um, you know, I don't know where your, I do actually know where your silver clutch purse is. It's in your suitcase because you were going to go down to your mom's last weekend and bring it down to show her what you got with your Thanksgiving money. Uh, I know exactly where it is. So let's settle up. Let's have a glass of rosé. Let's watch some Beyonce music videos. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I was thinking when I was zoning out a minute ago because I totally remember. <laughs> oh, boy. I hope whenever I die... I hope I, I don't know if I don't haunt wherever I die, but if I do, I want to be like a fun ghost, you know? That's why if I'm ever in like a dangerous situation, I'm always trying to put on like wacky costumes. So it's like, guys, I heard this house is haunted, but it's a guy like wearing like an avocado outfit and he always, and he always wants to get drunk. This place is awesome. Let's move right in. Oh boy. What else do I got? Uh, I don't know if... Uh, you can tell, but I'm white. Uh, I've been told I have a lot of white privilege, and I believe people. 
because I am, uh, I, I don't know, I got really offended when I found out I had to get an, a visa to go to India. It's like, pfft, you kidding me? <laughs> Look at this, I'm an American white male. What am I going to open up my own call center? What are you? <laughs> uh, and then I realized... Uh, they probably don't want. They probably just don't want me. Uh, it's like, oh, you gonna stick around? You gonna start owning things here? It's like that's exactly how they got colonized. I, I kind of get that now. That makes sense. Okay, I understand. Uh, I'll leave you guys with this, guys. You guys like dad jokes? You guys fans of dad jokes? Anyone here? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we'll take it. Yes is the appropriate answer. All right, I'll, I'll lay a, I'll lay a good one on you guys. Uh, I hope when I die, I don't get buried in a coffin. I feel like I'm more of a sarcophagi. Ah. No, I'm kidding. I really shouldn't be telling dad jokes ever since my doctor told me that I'm sterile. Uh, <laughs> thanks for the time, guys. I'm bringing up Warhol. Marty, that was a great set, Marty. I, um, like, that's the most I've ever not thought you're a serial killer. <laughs> of a any of the sets I've seen. Cassie Inglesby! Um, so uh, today I kind of look like uh, I'm a, a drug dealer on Hate Street um, or a, a EDM DJ. Uh, uh, um, or a spy from the frilly world that like is trying to infiltrate but it, I can't I'm like a horrible spy because um, I can't see without my glasses <laughs> yeah um, so I, I'm Cass um, uh, I, I kind of want to be a stripper but I wear so many layers that I think it would take like forever to, to <laughs> I, I don't even know what's going on like I'm, why, I'm stuck oh okay and you know, there's times where I'm like I have like a blouse on and I'm pulling up the blouse and then I forget the top button and I'm like can't breathe and I'm like you know trying to figure it out and I'm all entangled myself and then it, and then I fin finally figure out how to get free I'm not sure if anyone else has that problem oh it's a it's a common thing I am I am not alone I am not alone in the in the wardrobe malfunction portion of my life um I'm still taking off my clothes. Uh, uh, let's see, um, what else? So I, uh, I have a dog and a cat, and I like to wear, have them dress up in costumes sometimes to match me. And um, yeah, I'll go out with my, my cat in the stroller and my dog in cute little dress that matches me, of course. And so but people will come up to her and um, lift up her skirt and ask, is this really a girl? And I'm like, even my dog has a Me Too story. <laughs> It's the world we live in. Um, but yeah, so I'm a feminist, and um, I went to uh, the mall the other day, and I, there was a shirt that said feminist on it, and it was like pink and frilly and had flowers on it and stuff like that. And um, this t group of teen girls came in, and they got really excited. They're like, oh, feminism, yes, it's so exciting. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you know, young women are getting into feminism. But this shirt was designed by a man, made by sweatshop women for the profit of a man. So I got excited when I saw the leather jacket that said vegan on the back. <laughs> yeah. 
So um, I'm into a lot of, uh, I do a lot of weird things. Uh, um, I did this project um, where I was inspired by this handwritten letter. It said, hey, Brett, I want to get a hold of you. And then they left an email address. I think it was like an AOL email address or something like that. Uh, and it, it inspired me to do my own handwritten letters that I'll leave all around the city that say, um, hey, Brett, or like common male name, um, like Chauncey. Uh, you forgot your blowjob last time. If you still want it, email me your dick pic at want you right now, but too afraid to say hi at gmail.com. That's a real email address, just in case anyone wants to send me their dick pic, their puss pic, their family photos, whatever you want to send me. You know, um, people have uh, send them. Send, I, you know, no, thank you. It was not pleasant. Send pleasant photos of your dick pics, like in, in fields of flowers or in creative poses, because that would be more entertaining than unsolicited dick pics. That's what, that's, what, that's what being single means, is that you just get these unsolicited dick pics in weird conversations like, hi, hi, how's it going? I want to come on your blue eyes. Yeah, um, my eyes are green, so I don't know what that's all about. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so I finally, I finally had my first threesome. Both my cat and dog slept in bed with me. <laughs> yeah, if you're a cat and dog owner, you know that that is a big deal. That is a big deal if you're a pet owner. Um, yeah, uh, so I um, spent some time in a, a psychiatric facility. Is, it, is that you? Are you fly, is that, uh, I don't know, if you're waving me down No, One minute, no? Good, I'm going to keep going. Awesome. So yeah, so I spent some time in a psychiatric facility. Check that box on my um, single profile. And um, I, there it was like, uh, you know, all you did was eat, sleep, and do crafts. So it was kind of like a toddler bed and breakfast yeah. and, and you weren't allowed to have sharp objects and you and you had to wear little footy grip socks yeah uh, and then the um, the nurses they were had these around these computers and they're attached to the wall by like this like small cord and so they were kind of like this like malfunctioning Jetson robots they were just like here take your pills here take your pills here take your pills but then you couldn't you just step away because they couldn't go very far so yeah a malfunctioning robots of nurses um, that was that was poorly said but I enjoy saying my truths is that is that is that it now are you waving me down now or is that a peace sign or is it are we victory is this a victory dance are we is my victory lap around the comedy world okay let's see what else let me final my final statement um, let's, uh, I once had a cat that like it was a stray cat and it lived in my neighborhood and uh, I decided to name it my penis and uh, it, it would come around anytime it would come around and be like look how big my penis has gotten or um, I'm glad my penis came to visit or ouch I got an infection from my penis um, and uh, dates would come over you know to come over and be like yes you get to pet my penis and then um, yeah and that's why I'm probably single all right thanks guys I'm Cassie Inglesby all right so I don't I don't know everyone here so let's let's do some introductions hello 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 you're a comic yes we're here, yeah. No, we're none of us are getting paid. <laughs> Pam is losing money. Everyone's losing money. Just by being here, your credit score went down. <laughs> What's your name, though? Uh, 
Lily, I'm very excited you're here, Lily. I'm very excited to hear your set. Show some love for Lily. Well, this is awkward. <laughs> um, I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing because uh, this is my first time I've ever been up here. Um, that's why I brought my, my peanut gallery. Um, they are planning on laughing on demand. Hoo that's right. So I can't actually fuck this up as long as they're here with me. Um, no, but uh, I do have some notes. I don't know. I mean, they were scribbled on a bar tab from earlier, so. Um, uh, well, you know, how are, how are you guys feeling? Yeah? You all right? Yeah? Now, you, where are you at? Like, you know, emotionally. Like, where are you? Right, stretching it, stretching it. I get it, I get it. I was just there. I was, I was, I was like, whoa. <laughs> um, but, you know, Winston Churchill did once say that putting up with, ending a sentence in a preposition is something up with which he will not put. <laughs> what a fucking intellectual comic that motherfucker was. And he just got away with it. He's like, I'm fucking fat. I'm fucking rude. I'm fucking drunk. And I'm going to just say whatever the fuck I want. And I'm gonna like cancel war, start war, cancel war, start war, because I got a big fucking dick and I'm like, you know, Winston fucking Churchill, right? Um, right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I guess, you know, let's just do low fucking hanging fruit. Um, dating in San Francisco is, you know, beyond the pale of bizarre. I mean, you know, especially right, right now, because you only have, like, two choices. You have, like, tech bros and, like, fish heads. You know, so you're just like, all right, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to date a guy who only wears a visor, which is basically a ball cap without a top. Um, or I'm going to date a guy who can talk about nothing but fucking, you know, whether his site is written in Ruby on Rails. And it's like, I wanted to rail something until you said that. And then now I'm like completely, I don't give a shit now. Um, so we're over. And uh, I'm going to go get drunk. Um, <laughs> Um, no, I, you know, somebody else mentioned earlier today, it's like, you know, uh, feeling like trying to identify with the animal world. I identify with the animal world. I do, I do, I do. And I might not be the only person in the room who, like, watches, you know, BBC The Earth, you know, David Attenborough. It's like, you're high as fuck. <laughs> like, that's how, every, it's not unique. You know, like, everybody's watching David Attenborough high as fuck. <laughs> and you're just there and you're like, it's like, oh, the world of the sloth. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's fucking hard, man. Except the sloth doesn't have to pretend to give a shit when your kid, when your fucking best friend gets pregnant or has a second kid or has a third fucking kid or gets fucking married or gets fucking divorced. No, the sloth can just fucking do what the sloth is going to do. <laughs> yes, the world of the sloth. <laughs> David Attenborough. It's like smooth as silk. Um... I think that's fucking all I got. <laughs> that's comedy, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so I recently realized I should stop calling my brother a motherfucker. I'm actually the oldest one in my family without kids. And I'm proud, you know, like I tried really hard. I put it in the wrong places and everything. 
I used to live in Portland. That town is too white. It makes my teeth look bad. I like Oregon. It's got the purest white supremacy of anywhere I've ever tasted. It's hard to find a job, though. Like, I tried really hard. I applied everywhere. Like, I tried to apply to the Ku Klux Klan, but I couldn't fit my resume on one sheet. I'm surprised the Klan hasn't ruined bed sheets and pillowcases for everyone like it did for me. I just sleep in a white woman. I was thinking about the purpose of a clan hood, and you might think like, oh, they're trying to hide their racism, they're ashamed of their racism, but they're, they're not ashamed of their, that's like their whole thing. They're proud of it. I think the purpose of a clan hood is so that rich clan members didn't have to give out any loans the day after the meeting. Like I mentioned, I uh, start my day at Martha's. I was there with my lady. She ordered an iced white mocha with no whip. I couldn't help but think that must be how my ancestors would have wanted their coffee on the plantation. <laughs> I was taught uh, in school that this story of an enslaved African, I'm just waiting for you to be, to be down. I'm stalling for you, Journey. All right. Uh, the story of an enslaved African, that mailed himself to freedom. Mailed himself to freedom. And I thought about it. Like, there must be another guy who was left on the plantation. Like, that nigga mailed himself to freedom. Mailed himself. Put himself in the crate. Nailed it up. Put the address on the outside. Put the stamp on it. He mailed himself to freedom. And if he was a good friend, he would have mailed me too. <laughs> Asshole. Um, I sent my hamburger to Ancestry.com. I don't know if you heard, Ben Affleck recently did this Ancestry show and found out that apparently a few hundred years ago there was a plantation owning Affleck who purchased an African boy for, this is true, for $80 and named him Toby. Which makes me wonder why they didn't cast any Afflecks in the new Roots remix. Like, I don't understand what's going on there. You may have heard, there's a lot of young black men getting shot, handcuffed in the back of cop cars. And it just makes me wonder, like, do police not watch Tarantino films? That's a lot of cleanup. <laughs> I'm really inspired by the civil rights movement, so much so I want to make a movie. It's a porno. We open on Rosa Parks going down on Bayard Rustin. It's a good, you gotta admit, it's a good movie. I don't know if you heard about Keith Tharp. Keith Tharp is on death row, um, but he appealed his sentence because he said one of the jurors on his trial was racist. But I don't know, man. We get we get rid of racist jurors. Like, what's next? Racist cops, judges, lawyers, politicians. Like, let's not get crazy. In Iceland, uh, they recently made a law about pay equality. In Iceland, it is now illegal for a woman to make less than a man for the same job. It's really, I think it's really inspiring, you know. It's really inspiring how much you can accomplish with absolutely no racial diversity whatsoever.
My family's from Maryland. Growing up, we had some kind of feud with Virginia. I don't really know why. But I thought about it. Virginia's named for the Virgin Queen. Like, that's a weird way to name a place. Like, what if she was in a butt stuff? <laughs> Annapolis is for lovers. When I was in college, I realized that my grandmother was in D.C. for the entire civil rights movement. And next time I saw her, I'd ask, like, Grandma, what was it like? You were there, you were there for the March on Washington. You were there for the I Have a Dream speech. What was it like? And my grandmother said, oh, your grandfather wasn't interested in all that. Make some noise for Journey Roberts. I didn't know you were just stalling. I'm sorry. Uh, I thought you meant like you were waiting for me to sit my ass down and try and control my fucking dog. So you could tell some... No. Yeah. Uh, there's a line. Did you see the line coming over here? For uh, some bullshit fucking cafe, it's what time is it? Like six in the afternoon? It's now, there's now a fucking brunch line two blocks that way. You used to be able to tell what fucking neighborhood you were in based on the lineage. Et tu, Petrero. I hate this fucking city. How's everyone doing? You guys having fun? But thanks for the money. Uh, I hate this city. Um, I don't. I don't have. Oh, I think there should be a, a Yelp for brown people to rate white people, because white people will read that shit, and we don't. We don't pay attention to anything else. I think brown people need to be able to Yelp. White people. Can I tell you the roast jokes that I forgot last night because I was drunk? Uh, I was gonna say. Uh, well, now I'm gonna forget them again. I was gonna say that uh, Zach is in a new '90s movie. It's called Ernest Sits in a Closet and Paints. That would have worked, right? Maybe not. And I was gonna make fun of uh, of oh of Americans are too busy ignoring Trevor Noah to watch your news program. That's which I would have fucking. I'm sorry, I forgot that one. That would have worked better, right? I should have. I really should have. I really should have built up more jokes because uh, I needed to tell more jokes about my ex-boyfriend before I joked about him killing himself. That did not, that did not land <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, this is a roast. Like I thought I'm trying to like rip people the fuck down, but they didn't. They didn't see it that way. Uh, probably because of the tits. That's usually. That's how that works. Usually when people with tits say things, it goes badly. Uh, <laughs> that's my experience. Even I, no, 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 sir. I have the same experience uh, listening to women. I'm like, why is she still, why do they let her keep talking? Like, make her stop. Her voice is all wrong. I don't understand what's happened. The misogyny is real in everyone. I want you, I want you to feel at ease because, for, no, for real. I do wish that Bill Burr would just come out and say that he hates women. Like, that would be preferable to me. There's a lot of people who just, it would just fucking be real with me and just, like, you've wasted years and years and years of pussyfooting around. I fucking hate women. Like, can you just, there's so many of them. Am I wrong? Maybe? Probably. That's okay. Uh, I, have, I have nothing. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have nothing. I have nothing. Uh, he's going to destroy whatever that is. I don't really know. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I don't really, I'm not familiar with Paul Mooney other than he thinks he invented comedy, apparently. That's the gig. He's not familiar with you, it's No, 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 there's, that's, there's way too many of those. Uh, oh, he found something to destroy. Awesome. I now sleep, um, I live in a van 
because um, my parents are car people and you want them to do better than, you want your kids to do better than you did, right? So originally I moved into a school bus, but it turns out I'm not, I'm not that high on the economic ladder yet. I, I shot too high with school bus. That <laughs> <laughs> was a dismal failure. Uh, so now I'm, I'm back down where I belong with the common people in a van. Uh, anyway, this one likes to drag, oh boy, likes to drag uh, oil bottles up onto my bed and eat oil, which goes everywhere. So I had to strip everything off my bed, and he then discovered there was a big foam mattress underneath, which for him was like finding the largest dog chew toy <laughs> in fucking history. So now, now there's a giant hole in my mattress, and this one I finally find occasionally like digging up sheets in the corner uh, to keep going at it. So that's uh, shit. I really don't uh, appreciate the sun being out while I'm irritating bored drunk strangers. It doesn't do well for me. This is a dry spot. It cannot also be sunny. You guys aren't even drinking. This is fucking unsettling. I don't like it at all. Uh, is that a light? No? Uh, I think my van is haunted because every time I drive somewhere, shit goes flying off the countertops. No? Yeah, it's hack. And now it goes into depression, so I'm going to get off stage now. Thanks very much. It's been fun. Alright, what's what's happening? Are you guys my other comics? Is this what we're doing? There's so much there's so much time. Oh my god. You either either do comedy or service some canapes. What's your name? Alright, it's Keith. jammed it in here so hard with all this anger issues, misogynistic man. Oh no, here. Let's see if I I don't know. Take it out. So so I'm Keith. So really just thanks for everybody being out here. It's like cool that everybody's out here. Like that's just like really good. Um, yeah, I, I mean people that actually go out of their house and come on over and just hang out and say some funny stuff if, if it's funny, you know, if you find suicide funny, you know. And that's pretty cool. I don't really have a house. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> and thanks, thanks. You know, like, I don't want to say, like, congratulations for not being suicidal, but, like, that's kind of good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought I heard it. Somebody say they weren't suicidal. I just got, oh, I got all excited, but... I mean, there's one thing, like, I've noticed, like, this phase of my life that's, like, oh, I call it a week ago, something like that. Like, when I was a kid, sure, I watched Hogan's... I'm old, obviously. There was a guy mentioning old earlier, and, you know, I'm like anybody else. I grew up getting high watching Hogan's Heroes every day. You know, that's pretty much what I would do after school. And... The one thing about Hogan's Heroes, if you have never seen it, is it's a prison camp sitcom in Nazi Germany. <laughs> it's like fucking insane when you're high, though, as a kid. It's so awesome. Like, it's the 
darkest joke that could ever fucking be made. Like, let's say I was in... I mean, this is obvious stuff. I apologize because I'm pointing out really obvious things. But if I were in a prison camp and I turned on, you know, and I wasn't eating and they were killing, burning my friends, doing all this shit, you know, and shooting people, putting me in. And then I, I got out of that and I survived somehow. And then I go and I turn on a TV in like 1963 and they've got like a wacky commandant, German commandant who's always fucking up and... And then his wacky sidekick sergeant who's kind of overseeing this band of happy, well-fed dudes that in the prison that are really running the prison camp because they have a tunnel system and they just do whatever they want, like go to downtown local cities and hang out with women and eat and drink and stuff. I mean, I would, yeah, you know, like if I survived all that and, and they have a laugh track. If I were fucking really in Nazi Germany and I had to go, I mean, I know I'm losing my audience, but if I were, if I were really in Nazi Germany and I had to be in a prison camp and I turn on a TV with a laugh track with all that shit was absolutely false. Every element was false. I mean, I, I'd be, I'd, I'd be thinking like the end of the world has come because this is an absolute outrageous insult to anybody who ever been in a prison camp. It was like, be like the deepest insult. And then, on the other hand, at the same time, the show rules because if, if, if I'd never been in a prison camp, like if I was a kid growing up, you know, just a little kid that never heard about World War II, I'd think, oh shit, those guys didn't have it so bad. You know, they had laughs, right? They had all they could eat. They were really running the camp and all this other shit by some, by some nefarious means of telling lies to the colonel and making him jealous or whatever. So, like, either way, the show is is a complete, um, you know, complete disaster. We're like, you know, in, in this, I don't know why I was thinking. I just wanted to riff on that for a minute. I was just thinking about that. It was really fun to get high and laugh at that show. And Electric Company, like, that guy that later was in Driving Miss Daisy, you know that guy, and he played God and stuff? Yeah, Morgan. Like, he was the easy reader. He was, I like watching, like, Electric Company. We'd be all stoned, and, and he would, like, read. It was, it was like Electric Company. If you don't remember Electric Company, it's like you watch Sesame Street. That's for the maybe six-year-olds and the really stoned people like me. Like, I love to watch Sesame Street as a 14-, 15-year-old kid stoned to the fuck. And then comes on Electric Company. It's supposed to be a little higher because instead of just letters and numbers, they put together sentences. And the easy reader was Morgan. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman, man. He was. This is how he got his start. And you can go back and watch this shit. And it's great. I mean, I think it's great. It's fucking. I don't know. It's just fucking great. You remember seeing this shit? Like people, people. You know, I remember seeing this shit. Yeah, did so, you gotta come with a projector for your hat. <laughs> well, I gotta come, but then nowadays, you know, like instead of something like that, I'll watch um, getting dug with high or something on uh, on YouTube. You know, just like watching like a porn star get really high and just talk about like. I was that last night. Is that so awesome? You know, we got real guys with serious game in here, man. I I don't have you know too much game. Oh, they oh, this for real. I thought you guys were mocking me again. I, I didn't know. I'm getting screwed. I thought, I thought, oh, shit. Oh. 
This is amazing. This is amazing. It's like a breakthrough moment. It's like an epiphany, man. Okay, okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I feel now, I feel like better in some ways, and I, I don't know. But then, well, I wasn't even, I wasn't really, yeah, pretty much. I was, this is pretty much true. But, uh, and then, so, and, you know, so, yeah, all right, all right, I'll just go ahead, get off the stage again. But, well, I just want to thank everybody for coming out then and, you know, being, like, normal and stuff, like, I'm not too normal myself. I mean, I, I hear these people, like, talking about breakups and stuff, and I haven't fucked in five years. I had a surgery and stuff, and I can't. I hope this isn't on camera somewhere. Jesus, I'm never going to. It's like, it's, it's, God damn it. Secret's out, but that's pretty hard if you haven't fucked in five years. So what I did is what, well, I can't do it because I can't, you know, they give me this. Oh, no, thanks. No, thank you, dude. This is so awesome, though, but I don't know why, but I'm just staying straight. I, I don't know. Like, it was just like straight-edge comedy or some shit. I'm fucking stupid as hell. Yeah, I mean, you offered me something for free. Well, I, a fucking idiot, allegedly, hypothetically, or something. And then, you know, so I, you know, I had these surgeries and stuff, so I can't, I can't do any, you know, but it, so, so what I did is I thought, well, okay, I'll go to, uh, I'll go to some kind of, I'll go, to, I'll go to some kind of therapy. That's what I'll do. I'll go to therapy for not being able to fuck co-ed therapy where there'll be women there. So, I, <laughs> yeah, so well, I'll get their opinion about why, <laughs> why I can't, how I can't fuck. That'll, you know, get, hear their opinion about it. How do you feel? How, how would you feel on a date if the guy could if you couldn't even go any, you know, like, and they all said, well, you could, you know, you could still eat, eat pussy, couldn't you? I hate to swear on stage. I didn't mean, I really apologize. I mean, I know nobody does that kind of thing. But I said, well, yeah, I could, of course, I could do that, but where's the fun in that for me? You know, I don't know, you know, I, I'm sort of self-centered in that way. I, so, and, you know, and now, apparently, Allegedly, I'm going to get a surgery this year. That's going to, I'm going to have for the so I'm excited. I'm excited. This will be the first time in five five fucking years, man. I'll be able to do something. I guess with by the by a pump or something. They'll be. It's pretty. I hope the audience is right out there because I want to tell them with a pump or something like that. And then you know it it's it's pretty authentic. You know it's a real authentic experience. So I told the girls in the in the group. I said, "Are you prepared? Would you be prepared on a date for a guy who says, now I hope you're ready for an extremely average experience tonight? Would you be excited about an extremely average experience?" And they thought, well, you know, that's probably not too exciting for most of us, you know. But then, at the same time, there's, I've got to say, there were a few women that were interested in the, in the mechanics of it and said, but that's just using me as some sort of, you know, like a toy, a tossaway toy or, or uh, not like an Etch-a-Sketch, but the Tinker Toy thing where they just want to play with it, construct something like that and, you know, put something together and see how it turns out but then just discard me you know I don't want to be discarded in that way I have feelings I've I've been I, I mean I've read I've heard rumors that I have feelings I'm not really sure if I will have some but 
I expect, I, I probably have, you know, I probably have a percentage of feelings under there, I would think. I mean, pretty much, probably. So, you know, so I don't, I, I reckon I don't want to be discarded in that way. I'll say that. Now, earlier today, earlier today, however, this is my dark side. Now, I, I, there, I came up to a green. I came, I came up and I was in a lane, and there was a car in a, in a, a car ahead of me, and the light changed from red to green, and the car just stayed there. And everyone's had that experience. The car just fucking the car. Pardon the swearing again. The car just stays there, and it doesn't go ahead it just parked and I, I don't want to lay on the horn because that's like that's crass man that's like too too easy or something so so I, I turned and I went around this guy instead of you know instead of honking the horn I just went around him and took off down the road behind the other I had to wait and stuff and then that guy when he finally woke up he sped past all of us he went by all of us all of us he, he went four or five blocks ahead and to me I don't know why the the incongruity, the asymmetry of his of his traffic uh, faux pas. First being asleep at the wheel, and then this is so he gets my face on record for the no sex in five years. Um, wants a good, you know, facial recognition algorithm to be created for that. I, I don't know the symmetry of a person like stop inconveniencing every okay I don't need to show like anger is the most boring the boring thing but I was annoyed I was annoyed I actually I was annoyed and I wanted to exp explain so of course I, I took it to work with me and just let it out on the people and it worked the poor innocent bystanders are always the ones that take all the the heat from driving the commute that we all encounter and all this bullshit the innocent people at our jobs are the ones who pay the price. I'm here, I'm here to, I'm here to say tonight. Poor people. Uh, guess that's not much. All right, I'm gonna just go on. So thanks, a million, you guys. Really liked, really like being up. It's be fun. And stay tuned for Keith's uh, comedy record, Soapbox. Make some noise if you come silently. Just for your partner, so they'll know you're involved, because they care about you, and they want you to have a good time. Your so next comedian is Marcus. Thank you. Thank you, Community Radio. Maybe I'll leave it in the leave it in the stand today. I've never. Um, all right, got my phone. Press the button. Mutiny Radio. Uh, it's good to be here. I. It's definitely not what you're supposed to do. It's just you just have the whole microphone stand hanging off the microphone. No, it's. I mean, I don't know if it was you. I just. I'm just like too. I'm too jittery to. I, I can't be like. All right. Like I, I'm, I'm. You guys are so important to me, my audience. I don't want to just make you wait while I adjust the mic. I need to uh, keep you with me. No, okay. Now, now that I say it that way, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang on a second. It's gonna go like this. So just, I'm expressing myself with my, with my body right now. So just don't, you know, don't feel like I'm fucking you. I'm, I'm like taking this thing apart. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. All right, well, just 
What's that? It's the Physical Comedy Podcast. Physical Comedy Podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit. That, it's, it's great to fucking be here. I want to thank Mutiny Radio for letting me do bad comedy. It's, it's like, it's not really comedy. You can't really call this comedy. I, I don't know if you can call it. It's like somewhere between bad comedy and not comedy, right? Like, but I think I was... As, bad comedy. As, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's... That's that. That's how something something great could have just been born right there. Like that's what that's it. That's what I'm gonna call it from now on. That's my new club, my my show. Not bad comedy. As long as you don't start doing like I don't. You don't have to make people laugh. You just have to not do anything. Don't don't play any other game with them. Like you know and and for five dollars I you can buy this. You know you just no don't do that and you're okay. Uh, I think I think. Well, so um I, I turned forty this year. Turned 40, yeah. Um, so it's, uh, it, and I noticed nothing special about it at first, like, which is normal, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's just, who, who fucking counts? Like, animals don't count, you know, like, they don't know when they turned 40, right? So, like, why should our, my essence change when, you know, I counted exactly that much time on the year? Like, maybe it's not even right, like, maybe our clocks are wrong or something like that, I don't know. It's very, it's very arrogant for me to think that I know how old I am. Um, anyway, uh, but after like six, seven months in, I noticed, so one thing I noticed is that like, there's like a little less, like when I was in my thirties, I still felt the pressures of like my twenties. You know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like there's, I still, oh, I still felt like, shut up mom and dad. Don't tell me what to do. Like that was still a thing. And now I catch myself. I'm like, shut up mom. Oh wait, I'm 40, you're 70, 79, like I can't, this doesn't make sense for me to, I don't know, or you know, like the whole, this, the, the, yeah, the dynamic's different, I don't, I don't they're, they're like, uh, you know, this, I mean, they're still, they're still, they still wanted, inf like, my mom wants me to come over for dinner, I'm an only child, uh, and she's like, you know, they, she wants me to sit in the same seat between her and my dad, you know, and then they like, have some more, you know, have some more food and have, you know, do, the, have some, have some, if you have any, you know, and, and then they're like, and then they ask a lot of questions about my life that don't really seem to make me feel like, I'm here. I am. This is me being critical of my parents. Like anybody gives a shit. It's like, and it's such bullshit criticism. They didn't beat me or anything like that. But it's like, oh, the questions you're asking, the considerate questions you're asking, they aren't really caring. You know, they're just like, you're just asking me all these details. Like, did you have a meeting at work? Like, were they, you know, did you, was the was the meeting was you know, was it too long or was the meeting how 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 are the meetings? You know, what 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 else happened to you do at work? You know, did the kids treat you know anyway? And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm just. But at 40, it's like, like, oh, I don't, I, it really doesn't seem, yeah, I, I don't know. I want to say I'm getting, like, I, I know the right response is to be mature. Like, there's no, there's all the things that I was supposed to be doing. Like, I was, this is the weirdest one. This is the weirdest one. Like, fucking as many women as possible is not as much of a, like, a motivator anymore. Like, or it's starting to get less. It's starting to get less. Like, just starting. Like, it's like this, you know, because everything happens late for me. Like, like when I turned 30, I was like, holy shit, I haven't, you know, I need to start. What, what am I doing? I need to fuck more women. I can't, you know. Thank you. Oh, my God. 
or masturbate on stage or something. I don't know. No, I, that's not a good joke. That's not funny. Hello, you know, whatever. I have this whole Louis C.K. is not a bad person uh, bit, but. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, this is this. We'll, we'll do. Yeah, because I think I think the forty stuff is over. We got we got it. Forty. You know. All right. So. Um, all right, Louis C.K. Uh, I'm not mad at Louis C.K. because all the things he, the things he did were things that I could imagine my friends daring me to do, and me being like, like, oh, I should do that. Like, so. Um, I mean, because there's all the uh, there's all the like the things where you. Um, there, there, there's all the women that he asked to be masturbate in front of him, but that's just like, you know, guys asking women if they could, you know, did he want to fuck? Like, he had a weird fetish, but it's like, it's not, like, all those incidences were like, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have published the story. So the, the main thing with Louis was the, the headshot was the, uh, the two women that he masturbated in front of, right? Those are the two, that's the, that's the big story with Louis. That's, that's like why the story got published, right? So, um, so it's like, in, in this case, I can imagine doing it because it's like, um, this is one of the weird circumstances. Like if you, if you kill two people, that's worse than killing one person, right? You, agree, you guys agree? Everybody, yes? Yeah. Which yeah. <laughs> bitch people, good point. But if you masturbate in front of two people, I would argue that's less bad than masturbating in front of one person. So like the 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 thing where he and you know cuz this is obviously a bad it was bad that he that he asked but then they laughed and then he just started doing it without you know saying hey what you know what once you stop laughing you know no really I was serious yes or no can I do it but like but since there were but then once the fact given the fact that he did it the fact that there were two of them there like it's just like he makes he made himself like the uh Anyway, I, I think I think I'm getting lost in the weeds here. Yeah, like uh, maybe <laughs> we're close. Are we close? <laughs> close to where this is funny? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so one thing about Louis is that like I I went and look I look him up all the time like to see if he's you know rumors of him coming back or whatever. And I heard one that he might be thinking about coming back, and I was disappointed because I want to work on this material about him for longer. Like at first I was like, oh he should, I I don't he shouldn't have to leave. He should he should come back soon. But then I'm like, I like talking about him, and like I, I wouldn't want the the whole dynamic to shift until I work out this this bit. I I, <laughs> I have one. I had one bit where I was gonna. Um, I want to write a story about where he comes and visits me here, and I like spends a week with me in my life, and like we we like spend a week together as like bros, and he like you know comes with me to mutiny open mic or or uh, comes with me to you know my support groups or. That just sounded so pathetic. I just stop at support groups. Uh, I, I I don't. I, if he suggested it, sure. You know, I don't think I would put. I don't, I'm not. It wouldn't be. It's not like. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's all right. All right. I think my time's just about up. I thought I had something something good at the end. I guess I don't. Um, but it was really. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Help me. Uh, I'm I'm lost in my body and, and I don't know how to get out. Help me. All right. Thank you. It's like a Caitlyn Jenner situation. Uh, the fact is that Louis can sell whatever he wants on his website, and he can do whatever he wants. So that's whatever it is. Um, now, is that morally right? I don't know, man. What does it take? Like, what does it take to sell out? 
Um, like if I say I don't want to do it, will it work more? Or should I say I want to say, I don't, I do. I'm scared. Like, oh, I want, I kind of want it. Don't sell out. Would never. What? I wouldn't. Not for $10 million. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't sell out for $10 million. Would never do it. Um... In whiteface, with that, would never do whiteface for twenty million dollars. Wouldn't never do whiteface for twenty million dollar. Wouldn't, um, would not, definitely wouldn't do porn. Not for any price. Not for fifty million dollars. Um, I'm broke, guys. This is a really weird mic stand. Really, is a very strange mic stand. Um, I know you signed up, but I'm not there. I'm here, so like we have a sort of a stalemate. Um, <laughs> just kind of burn some time. I think Nickelodeon is responsible for my bukkake fetish. You can't do that on television. Just for the record, I don't approve of Louis C.K. masturbating in front of people, but if you can't ask for permission to do stuff, then I'm not really sure how we operate this system, dog. And that is reductionist. Um, if I confess everything I did, Mutiny Radio would get shut down. Um, I assume, or they would try it again. What's your, na what's your name? Ben. Ben! Hey guys, I'm Ben G. All right, great to see some women out, you know. Um, got some diversity. There's a woman at my last set. She had a sweatshirt on that said, women's rights are human's rights. And I really agree with that, you know. Especially because women have been humans for like three years now, or at least the last four. So we need to get on board with that as men. Um, something about me is um, I am Mexican, and I took one of those ancestry tests, and it said I was gay. So I wrote them a letter, and I was like, you're wrong, just like my father. <laughs> but let's face it, they're probably right. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's great. I have a kid is something I'd say if my life sucked. I live on my friend's couch is something I actually say because my life sucks. Um, I am new to the city. I just moved here a couple months ago from LA. Um, one of the things I've noticed you guys do here is a lot of eye contact. You know, We don't do that down in Southern California. Um, I might look at my lover in the eyes when I'm entering them, but other than that, this whole eye contact thing is pretty new to me. You know, I've noticed that the parking scene is a lot like the dating scene here in San Francisco. You guys notice this? All the good spots are taken, and the only open ones are red zones. And you don't want to park there, you guys. You'll get a ticket. Hey, and it's just a prescription for chlamydia, you know? You got to stay safe. Um, you guys use dating websites? Anybody? Yeah, no? I was using JDate for a while, you know, it's where Jewish people can meet. Um, but I got banned because although my nose says that I'm Jewish, my foreskin doesn't. So once they found out I was lying, they told me. Foreskin talks? 
Yeah. No, you know, you, you have to be circumcised to be Jewish. That's part of the whole joke. I guess it takes another layer. Oh, no, no, no. You know, I was thinking about the other day, um, I think Jesus might have been gay, and he told some Romans to nail him, and they just misinterpreted it. <laughs> you guys think? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, uh, it's great coming up here and listening to comics talk about their problems, you know, like, I was molested, or I wasn't molested, or I wasn't molested enough. You know, the camp counselor never chose me, and I'm still kind of wondering why to this day. No, just me. Um, you know, I recently came out to my parents, not as gay, but as a comic. <laughs> I wish I had come out as gay. There might have been less tears, you know. Um, I'm still hiding the gay thing from them, so. But, um, no, it's been great. They, they totally accept it. Uh, I do like to follow in Jesus' footsteps, you guys. You know, I hang out with a lot of prostitutes. Mostly because they're my coworkers. So it's been good, San Francisco. Um, you know, my grandmother, she turned 87 recently. And it was a pretty big deal for us. She got cancer. And she went into remission. And then right around Thanksgiving, she got cancer again. And luckily, she went into remission. And the third time she got cancer was right around Christmas. And I went up to her and I told her, Grandma, you're going to have to get a new reason for us to call you. Because this is just the same thing over again. Um, let's see what else. You know... The city's pretty weird, man. I go to these parties, and I always end up near the snack table petting a dog. Even if they don't have a dog, it just kind of knows that I'm there and it shows up. You guys ever notice how pets can sense debilitating loneliness in a person? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly where I'm at. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, it's hard living in San Francisco. Things are, things are crazy here. Um, I saw a man taking a shit on the street the other day, and, uh, you know, I thought about it, and I was like, seems like a pretty good idea. I see why these guys do it. Um, my friend wanted to smoke some weed the other day. He's like, hey man, you want to try this weed and get high? It'll make you wish you weren't high. I was like, what the fuck? Why would I want to get? Why would I want to do something that makes me wish I didn't just do that? If I wanted to do that, I'd go online and hook up with someone random, you know. Um, one of the things about all these new cars today is that they have cruise control, and I wish I had cruise control because I always end up in uh, Castro late at night. It's not good for me. No, you guys don't get that one. <laughs> Uh, that's been my five minutes. I'm Benji. Thanks. I like to cruise at Pride, but not successfully. Mike Spiegelman. Hi. What's up, guys? I'm all sweaty. I walked two blocks. 
and I didn't stop. The trick is never to stop. Uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been doing comedy for a while. I opened for a X-rated hypnotist. Is what I tell the cops when they catch me fucking dogs in the park. I can't help it. It was a night in Modesto. I'll never even forget. Hope you don't mind. I have my joke book here on my hand. Because unlike you comics, I have to uh, bring my joke book on stage. Because during my performance, I might actually think of a joke. And I want to write it down. It's the least I can do. A little more about myself. I just got Netflix. If you guys want to know more about it, check out my show on Netflix. Mike gets Netflix. It's on Netflix. We're on season three. Story arc. I get Netflix. Which is quite a build-up from the first two seasons. I had an analog TV. Then I went digital antenna. It's all there. You could just been watch me getting Netflix. I, uh, I just watched... The Emoji Movie, but I watched it on an old DVD player, so all the characters were boxes with X's in them. Didn't know what they were saying. I had to use the context of the words to figure out what the character they were. Who else watches the Emoji Movie? Just me? It's uh, quite a bond. I hope you don't mind. I got my notebook. I can't fool anybody in San Francisco. If you see a guy with my build and my age and my hairstyle walking around the streets with a lollipop in his mouth, I'm not Kojak. I'm not trying to stop smoking cigarettes. I have a fucking pot lollipop in my mouth. How fucking obvious is that? You think some guy walking down like me with a lollipop in his mouth is just enjoying a lollipop? No. I keep a weed diary. Does anyone keep a weed diary? It's great. <clears throat> you write my weed diary, and then every page, every time you get oh, some weed, you write down the name of the strand, and then you write what kind is it? Sativa, hybrid, indica. And then you write down the aroma. Is it like pine, chocolate? And then the taste, the first hit. Then you rate the body high, the head high. <laughs> Physical comedy. And then you uh, write down your initial takes, your final takes, and then you write down the amount of money you spent on the eighth. And then when you finish, you have just completed a $1,000 notebook. I look at my notes, I go, God, I had so much money back then. This page alone is worth 80 bucks. Problem solved. I don't read, I don't understand comic books. I don't read the thought bubbles. It's none of my business. Let Batman be Batman. I go to the library a lot. I always like to go to the librarian desk and ask questions. They'll say, can I help you? I go, yeah, can I use your microwave? Your, your microwave, your librarian, microwave in the librarian lounge? And they say, sir, I said, oh, I'm sorry. Can I use your microwave in the librarian's lounge? No. Is it because it's noisy? Is it one of those old microwaves that have a timer clock on it instead of like a digital display? Those are scary. I don't know why people say plot and pornography is uh, thrilling. I find it disgusting. Probably the most famous pornography movie shot in San Francisco is a film called Beyond the Green, Behind the Green Door. And it has a story. 
And the story is, there's a man eating breakfast at a San Francisco diner, and two brothers, the Mitchell brothers, come in there, and they tell the guy, you won't believe the show we saw last night. This burlesque show, this woman from the audience walked on stage, four nuns ate her out, three guys had sex with her, and then she had an orgy on trapeze. So fucking disgusting. That guy is trying to eat his breakfast. He's trying to eat scrambled eggs. He doesn't want to hear about that. Is it a bottomless cup? That's what I want to know in the morning. It's icky. Man, I can't believe I didn't do any of these jokes yesterday. <laughs> my wife's an editor, and she always uh, corrects me, my English. But I think it's a little excessive. I said, honey, let's go whenever you want. And she said, whenever. Mike, it's pronounced whenever. Because of the prepositional positioning. Hi, Cassandra. How are you? No need to invite me to your shows. I'm glad you're doing sets. Before I go, no, I'm kidding. I'm a comedian. If you want to invite me to a show. <coughs> my, uh, my niece tries to get stuff from me. She said, hey, Uncle Mike, you're an old school gamer. You're an OG gamer, right? You used to stand in front of the arcade machines and play. I go, yeah, 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 yeah. She goes, well, get me a Nintendo Switch. Well, how much is it? She goes, it's $300. I go, what? 1,200 quarters? Look, the only way we're going to break even if we play 601 games of doubles. WK told me to go long. Did you guys know that the Mile High Club and the Let's Fuck in the Public Bathroom While Kids Outside Wait to Go Pee Club? It's the same club. You Sam Rockwell wannabe? The movie Choke. Speaking of Choke, let me close on a Choke. Oh, he's in some good movie. Do you ever seen Choke? Yeah, <laughs> me too. I love that movie. All right, that's been my time. Thank you very much. I really enjoy Mike Spiegelman's character of a man who has not killed himself yet. It's I find it moving. Um, if there was any banks I'd like to rob, it's Jackson Richard Banks. Hell yeah, thank you. Thank you for that throwback to before grade school with the Banks jokes. That was insane. Love you, buddy. The energy in here is phenomenal. <laughs> How's everybody doing? Doggy, how you doing? I had to meditate to not get pissed about the dog being in here. I really breathed in the space. I love your dog. Come here, buddy. Come here. I'm your new master. Buzz, no, let's let's just forget about it. You, know, you can't work with animals or children in show business. I went to a funeral uh, over the weekend. A, a friend died, more of a friend of a friend, but I decided to go and, and pay my respects to this guy. I mean, this shirt was his, so if I didn't go... And, and and worship his corpse, then, you know, I probably would have been haunted. So, But I get word about the funeral like the night before, so I drove through the night to Utah to get to this funeral. And so I'm not sleeping a wink, I'm just, you know, 
getting the, the crazy eyes and along the way I'm like almost dying and I'm just like man it would be so poetic if I fucking died on the way to a on the way to a funeral dog that'd be so cool and eventually I was like nah I, I can do better on the on the death I can do better so I make it to the funeral um, some things happen I get caught looking at a girl's cleavage in the viewing room uh, so there's my friend's corpse here and the cleavage is here and I just like and then life finds a way he, even in death he, uh, he knew how to inspire me but uh, he had a young son uh, he had a young son and sometimes we'd be sitting around getting baked uh, and I'd be like, how high are you, man? And he'd be like, I miss my son. So he had a young son. And during this speech, and apparently he, his, the mother of this child did not want him around the kid. So during the speech, his sister gave, shut the fuck up. During the speech, his sister gave, just love me, okay? During the speech, his sister gave, she came out and she was like, during, she was like, Micah, he, he was grossly and unjustly denied his right to be a father. And I was just like, holy shit, here we go. His baby mama's going to stand up and, and be like, fuck you, bitch, that's my baby. Nothing. Nothing. Because the baby mama and the child are not at the funeral. They're not there. He's, he's just been cast aside as fucking trash. And it was, it fucking, it broke me. And the worst part of the fucking funeral was at the very end, after people are exchanging like these touching stories about this guy and his very unique life, the bishop, which is a pastor for Mormons, the bishop gets up and he's just like, he puts this religion stamp on it. He's just like, oh, and I hope we all remember uh, the sacrifice of uh, of the Savior. And it's just, he just basically, he totally, he's basically like, hey, you know who your dead friend reminds me of? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you should check him out. He, he basically branded the funeral in the name of religion. Like, this human life brought to you by Mormonism. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> it really works. <laughs> So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I'm not really a religious person. I don't necessarily not believe in God, but I think if he had anything to say to me, he would say it to my fucking face. You know, people are like, what? What would Jesus do? And I'd be like, he'd get the fuck out of my face, and then he'd go hang out with some hookers, and then I would follow him. And then when they came to put him on the cross, they'd be like, look, hey, thanks for the prostitutes. I gotta go. So yeah. Forgive me, Lord, but the hookers were great. I have to go now. Not Maybe not a believer per se, but I got to go. Yeah. I, uh, I had a job interview recently. Uh, I prefer Michaelis. What do you think of that? I really prefer... I know, but I prefer... I prefer. No. No, well, we need it for the radio. Well, so I got a job interview the other day, and I should have known something was up because the dude interviewing me for the job met me at a bookstore and was like, hey, nice shoes, want a job? And I was like, 
sometimes things just work out, I guess. Wow. And I get there and it's this fucking creepy ass pyramid scheme that's just like, man, you go, you recommend, all we do, we recommend insurance companies to people. So you make one wreck, that's like $300. You make another wreck, that's $500 right there. Hey, you got any friends? Uh, yeah, I, I, I got a, my friend Joe. You got any friends? My friend Joe. Call Joe. Call Joe right now. I, Joe's at work. He could be on break. Call Joe. And I'm just, I call Joe. He doesn't pick up, obviously. No, you got another friend? Yeah, my roommate, Miles. Call Miles. Call Miles right now. And I call him, and Miles is just like, I'm at medical school. Fuck off. And then, uh, basically, yeah, salesmen. When you're dealing with a salesman, you're dealing with a very dangerous animal. When a salesman is a wounded animal, like backed into a corner and forced to sell in order to live. And when I was thinking about this, I realized that's what a corporation is, is a giant person backed into a corner who must sell to live. Just in the middle of the town square, just like, hey, this guy's got fears. What's going on? You got fears. What's going on? Sir, don't you dare stop thinking about fucking. Don't you dare stop thinking about fucking. Everybody wants to fuck. Come on, let's go. Cheeseburgers, come on. Please love me. You're flawed. You're flawed. You're incomplete. Come on, everybody. Everybody loves corporation, man. Come on. Ladies love it. Ladies love it. And then he realizes he's not a person. He just evaporates. Just like, no. Yeah. Christ. It's more fun without a mic, I think. I'm going into the headset business. This is a crutch. It's bullshit. Uh, how, do I, how do I end this perfect set? You know, I don't know what to do. Where, 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 sir, are you in the tech industry? Good. You, you just, you just walk. Kill techies for a That's why you're in the suit, so you can infiltrate their lair and kill them with your bare hands. Yeah, fuck it. That's a good life. Um, that's it for me, everybody. Thanks. <laughs> All right, we're going to just have an, op an Oprah moment where we reflect on what we've learned and what we've done together. Um, you know, I heard a wrinkle in time isn't good. Well, so they make them all look like that, that like shiny thing, that like shiny Hunger Games thing. I don't know. I feel like they should shoot it in grim charcoal tones. It's a very dark story, right? Am I am I alone? I read this book a lot, and I th I thought it was terrifying when I was a kid. It was very exciting. It's almost like a sexual fear, you know, like oh my father's gone, but he's a genius. He didn't just leave because he got someone else pregnant in Florida. He's being trapped in a prism because he, his mind, my father's mind, I'm a little boy and I am, I'm so, I, it's not that I don't have friends. I'm a, I'm a brilliant child. Um, it's nice. I'm going to try to work some stuff out. Uh, if you'll indulge me, because I wrote, I wrote a joke down. Here we, here we are. Um, so I was at, at Delirium uh, the other day in the bathroom 
just taking in the art. And this guy over in the stall, and he clapped me on the back. He was like, hey, you know, uh, great show, insincerely, he said that. And I was like, dude, you better wash your hands or sell me some Coke. I don't know if you heard about the woman, uh, the, the Disney employee who died in the car that she lived in, like in the parking lot of Disney the, this week. I guess it really is a small world when you live in your car in the parking lot of Disney. Like, I wonder where they'll find Mickey's corpse, you know? I feel like the least they could have done is cryogenically frozen her and then given her to Walt when they found a cure. Uh, I heard Susan B. Anthony's racist. Susan Bitch Anthony. Thank you. Um, apparently, Donald Trump spent $3.9 billion on a couple of Air Force Ones, and I thought Jordans were expensive. Ben Carson spent $31,000 on a dining set. Must be nice.